She's a real woman with a real life. She's someone you can relate to. Dawn Noon. Hey, welcome everyone to the Don Newton Podcast. I am your host, Don Newton. Today's guest is Jack Cavanaugh. He's a leader of the National Geographic Expeditions Ireland, and he joins us today to talk about his new book, Always Ireland, an insider's tour of the Emerald Isle. And I have to tell you, looking at this book, Ireland is now on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go, but uh, reading this book, talking with Jack, his encouragement of just getting lost in Ireland and just finding your way, meeting with the locals, having conversation is exactly how I like to travel. When I travel, I like to get off the beaten path, do some touristy things, but for the most part, I want to go on the back roads. I want to go see where people live, how they live, and just blend in as best I can without looking like a tourist. But Jack Cavanaugh joins us and uh, talks all things Ireland, and I have a feeling this is going to be on your bucket list if you haven't already visited beautiful Ireland. Jack Cavanaugh, it's great to talk with you. We're talking today about your book, Always Ireland, an insider's tour of Emerald Isle. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Don. You're noted as the National Geographic's Irish Explorer and um, and that you take us there, all things Ireland. Tell us about this book. How did this get started? Well, I, I've been a travel guide editor for years, um, but we, we shifted away a little bit from travel guides at National Geographic because we felt that, you know, all the information that they used to have is now online and it's easier to keep it up to date online. So we decided to write a different type of travel book, which is, um, I suppose, a more aspirational travel book. Um, I like to call it a dreamer's guide to Ireland. You know, it's a it's a book for daydreamers. You, you can buy it like six months in advance or a year in advance of actually going. You can kind of Rather than plan your trip around, you can daydream about it and then, you know, think about how to structure your trip. So the book is really a mixture of things that you can dip into. It's got a little bit of history of Ireland. It's got a lot of the culture of Ireland. It's got food. You can make recipes. There's recipes to to, to make um, tastes of Ireland in. It's got a lot of the Irish drives in it. So you come to it and you see places off the beaten path, little traveler's tips, that kind of thing. Dip into it and discover what you want to do, what you want to get out of your trip, you know? Well, what I like, too, in, in reading the book, and it's absolutely stunning, the photographs, it makes you just, I just want to go be there. I want to see that, you know, it, it's which is amazing. And, I mean, you did a really good job. But in the introduction, you talk about the spirit of Ireland, the history, even the spiritual piece of it. And I like at the end when you write that if when the Irish don't like the world they live in, they simply make up another one to inhabit imaginatively. And um, I, I really like that because I can resonate with that about the history of Ireland. I remember just being of Irish-Scottish descent myself, maiden name is Logan, when it came, especially like St. Patrick's Day, that's when we all pretend we're Irish and all those things, you know. And But I just remember the stories my father would tell, like the leprechaun and is a kid. So it's... I just love the culture. I love the history. And if someone is, yeah. you know, first-time traveler, what what is your advice to them? How do you, for me, I would be like, how do I not look like a tourist? <laughs> are we easy to spot? Well, you're right. It's a very, uh, Irish people are very imaginative. Like they're very tuned into the kind of creative airways uh, and with no problem reinventing the world, you know. And part of that is because we've had to reinvent it so many times in terms of you go abroad, you, you're a new person, you, you have to reinvent yourself and reinvent your life. But in terms of first-time travellers to Ireland, the, the big mistake I think people make in Ireland is they try to 
they overschedule themselves. They they run around Ireland. They they try to see the cliffs some more, and then they have to go to the here. They have to see this and they have to see that. Ireland is more about a kind of laid back culture and a culture that absorbs people, and a culture that has time to talk to people. You know, so so be open to talking to people. That's my big advice to people. You know, take the time to talk because. Irish people love to talk. You've, you've probably noticed that. <laughs> but, um, and we have time to talk as well in Ireland. Um, so, you know, scrap the GPS and get lost deliberately. Because it'll give you an excuse to stop beside the road and to talk to the guy and say, you know, how do I get to Galway or whatever? And he'll tell you, ah, you shouldn't go to Galway at all. There's a great music session down the pub here tonight. He'll come, come along at 8 o'clock or he'll take you home for tea or, you know, these kind of things happen in Ireland. People are extremely welcoming and... Um, they're just friendly, you know. So it's a very friendly place. It's pe- people have time, so make the time to talk. Do nothing. That's that's one of my my tips to to travellers is take a day. You know, obviously you want to go and see Kerry, you want to go and see Dublin and all these places, but take a day to do absolutely nothing, just to wander. You know. And is it something that you can travel just just by yourself without? Do you need a tour guide, a tour group, or is you no, not just get lost? Yeah, it's it's the kind of place you can say, okay, well, Galway, I've heard of that. I'll get on the bus to Galway. I'll go and see it, and you know, you'll 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 find your 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 level in Galway, or it'll find you. There's there's so much to do in these places. It's it's a reasonably safe place to to go. You know, there's there's not a, you're not going to be kidnapped or anything. <laughs> um, but it is it's a lovely. Uh, you, you you might be kidnapped by the fairies. You know, you mentioned the leprechaun there. There's there's a there's a thing called the fairy ring. I don't know. Have you ever heard of the fairy ring, Don? It's where <laughs> it's it's this Irish legend where you know people will fall into a fairy ring. It's supposed to be like a ring of mushrooms, you know. But you, once you fall into one of these, you're lost for for several days, you know. And the legend is that the fairies uh, spirit you away to their world. So. A lot of musicians tend to get lost in fairy rings and they'll be seen three days later. <laughs> um, and the legend will be that they've, they've been spurred away to play at a fairy's wedding kind of thing. But um, I suspect, you know, there's, there's, there's other motives that play there, you know. <laughs> I don't have to remember that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are like a good story, you know. Is there a better time of year to visit Ireland when it's maybe not so touristy or the tourist time or... What's your advice? Yeah, um, I mean, it's lovely in the summer because, you know, it's it's you can go outdoors and you can see the beautiful scenery and that. Um, but if if the landscape isn't your thing, if you're not going there for photographs and, and you need the light or anything like that, I'd say, you know, go for Christmas. Christmas is great in Cork and Dublin and Galway and all the big places because we tend to, to kind of take a week off at Christmas and really celebrate it. So there'll be a party going on every night or there'll be music in the pubs. So they, it's, it's a big deal. Um, now, it is very dark. It's far north, so the days won't be long. But, um, you know, if if most of your activities is indoor, if you like theatre or something like that, or there's a great opera festival in uh, Wexford, for example, in October, um, it depends on what you want to do, but I, I wouldn't discourage people from going during the winter. It's cold and it's wet and that, but if you don't mind that, it's um, you'll have the place to yourself. And um, as I say, Ireland is mainly about the people. It's it's mainly about talking to people, you know. As a National Geographic Expeditions leader, what does surprise you, or surprise your groups, I should say, the most about Ireland? What don't we expect or what that isn't in the tour book or... 
that we can't read about? Well, a lot of people kind of find their Irish coming out when they spend a week with the Irish, as I say, because um, they kind of relax, you know, they'll get there the first day and they'll, they'll be saying, when are we doing this, when are we doing that? By the end of the week, they'll be kind of saying, ah, let's do nothing today, or, you know, can we do that again? That was fun yesterday. Um, so there is a kind of sliding into into kind of just a different mindset in terms of time and that. But I think one of the things I like to to observe about about our guests are they're all surprised how small it is, you know. Ireland is a very tiny country, really. It's like half the size of Britain or probably half the size of New Jersey come to that but um, it's it's only got 5.4 million people now at this point you know um, and people are surprised at that because we've had such a big imprint on the world I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story uh, if you're timed on I was in DC in, in Washington DC a few years ago at a bus stop and I was reading a book by Colin Tobin the Irish novelist and I felt this presence lurking over my shoulder and this man was kind of looking at the book he said what are you reading and I told him and so he fell into this conversation about Ireland and he started peppering me with questions. And one of the questions was, you know, how many people are there? So at the time, I think it was like four and a half million. So I told him that and he looked at me and he said, my God, for four and a half million, you've got to make an awful racket. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was right. Like, I mean, you know, it's 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 a tiny little country, but, um, you know, we've... We're, we're big storytellers and, and we tell stories in literature and music. We've had a huge effect on, on the music world. You know, we, we emigrated and we brought our fiddles and our barons and our whatnots with us. And, and that story has been translated now into bluegrass, country and western, all these different types of American Americana music, you know. You've, you've got, as I say, your foot in both cultures, America and then over Ireland. What stands out the most for you? I would almost feel like you'd be like, oh, you poor Americans, you should adopt a little bit more of our, our Irish ways, um, especially today. <laughs> What's your response to that, yeah, Jack? But, yeah, it's, to say, it's just it's just a more laid back. It's a different way of looking at the world. We we tend to look out at the world and just enjoy it, you know. Um, and, and there are other differences too. Um, I remember one time a few years ago, I went to... I think it was Gillette Stadium in, in, in Boston to see a big game and, you know, it was 90 degrees going in and they took away the water bottles from us, you know. There was no reason to take a water bottle from somebody except for the obvious that you have to go buy it the other side. But then I was back in, in Dublin two weeks later and a neighbour of mine bought tickets for Croke Park, which is this huge stadium, our national stadium, 80,000 people there to, to watch Kerry playing Cavan. All amateurs. It's an amateur game, the Gaelic football and because he bought the tickets at half time, I stood up and I said to, to John Malloy, my neighbor, I said, you know, John, thanks. This is fantastic. I haven't been in years. Let me buy the the hamburgers or whatever, you know. <laughs> and he looked at me as if I was mad and he digged into the, into this big sack that he'd brought in and which had been searched. And he said, no, no, I've got the sandwiches here. Just what are you talking about? The <laughs> he had a mountain of sandwiches that his wife had made for us because we were going off to the game. And that's typical. It's it's not as commercialized over there. Things are are more kind of you know they're done just for pleasure. They're done just for, um, you know, people take their time, enjoy life. In the book, always Ireland. Is there is there a way you want us to use it or to read it, um, absorb it? What how would how do we use this book? Well, I'd say um, figure out what it is you want from Ireland. You know, if you if you're into music, for example, you, there's a whole lot of um, different places 
recommended to go like Doolan in, in County Clare, which is a tiny little village with four pubs, but those four pubs are always hopping with musicians, you know. That's the place to go if you want to see music. Um, dip into it if you like sports. There's, there's various uh, recommendations about sport and about the culture of sport and whatnot. Um, you know, it's it's a kind of book. It's not a cover-to-cover book. Just dip into it and, and see what it is. The other story I tried to tell in the book, Don, is the story of the Irish abroad. Because, as I said, there's, there's 5.4 million people there on the island, but there's 20 million of us out in the world. So we we ran a um, recurring sidebar on you know the Irish in America, the Irish in Britain, the Irish in Europe, the Irish in Africa, etc. So use it use it as you will, you know. Use it use it um, the way you should approach Ireland, which is you know be open to it, be open to to anything, be open to be convinced of uh, of something new. Well, and I know too, just the simple Irish phrases that visitors seem maybe we Americans are a little too cliche with some of them. But also learning some of the dialect is that something that you would yeah. encourage us to do? Yeah, very much so. Um, because I always say to, to Americans, like we speak English in Ireland, but we speak thirty-two different varieties of it, you know, because there's the thirty-two different counties, and it'll be very, very different. You know, how a Cork man will address you as to you know, maybe a Dublin man would address you or whatever. Everywhere has its own kind of lingo, its own patois. It's it's, it's fantastic just to just to listen, you know. And you, you you can pick up a bit of Irish as well if you want to <laughs> press a, a native to say "diagwit," which is "hello" in Irish. Um, literally, it translates as "God be with you," which is nice, you know, "diagwit." And um, people will appreciate that that you're you're making the effort. But um, I mean, I'm a writer, and even now I go back to Ireland. I keep the notebook handy because there'll always be a lovely twist of phrase, you know, you know, somebody will say something and you think, oh, I haven't heard that before. That's that's marvellous, you know, a new way of saying something. I'll give you an example. I was up in, in Donegal and I was in somebody's house. They were giving me a cup of tea and they have this expression wild in Donegal, but wild is used for the word, the adverb, uh, adjective rather than very, you know. So it's wild, wet out today would mean it's raining, you know, cats and dogs. But uh, this uh, stray cat came in and had been adopted in this house, you know, and the guys, we were, I, was, I was a bit wary of the cat and I said, is he, is he tame? Will you go scratch me? And the guy said to me, no, no, he's wild tame. It's really something much faster than what we wanted to do. Oh, yeah, right. It's wild tame. He's very tame. Right, gotcha. <laughs> so they use they use uh, English in a very funny way and in a very entertaining way, but it's it's also because we think in Irish, you know, our our, na- our native language was Gaelic, so we still think in Gaelic, and sometimes we deliver, you know, the the English in a Gaelic way, which is nice, you know. Oh, Ireland! Just I've not been, but this this conversation and just the book alone has got me, because it's I my type of traveling. Yes, <laughs> I want to get lost. I want to immerse myself in the culture, get off the beaten path, and see how yeah. people live in those areas, which is really, yeah. that's, what's, that's what I get intrigued about. Jack Cavanaugh, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Love this opportunity. Thank you, Don. Thank you. Lovely to have you. And, um, there with you. Thank you. Where can we go for more information? Where can we find the book and learn about you? The book is online. Go to Barnes & Noble Books or Disney Books or Nat Geo Books. Um, if you want a little sample of the book and, and a taster of, of, of what's in it, go to my Instagram account, which is at JK Global Text. 
um, and the little samples, little stories from the book. So you'll 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 get a flavour of it there. Well, again, Jack, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Hey, thanks for listening to the Don Newton Podcast. And a special thank you to Jack Cavanaugh joining us today to discuss his book, Always Ireland, an insider's tour of the Emerald Isle. The book can be found wherever books are sold. And to learn more about Jack and his work, you can visit his Instagram at jkglobaltext. And be sure to check out my website, donnewton.com. The Don Newton Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by Don Newton.